Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I'm your host, and my guest today is singer-songwriter Jared Miller. Jared has been passionately singing and speaking for over 28 years. Born in Houston, Texas, Jared has been involved in music all of his life, singing at conferences since the age of eight. He has written and co-produced 10 records, ranging from rock bands to solo and church worship projects. He has played with the likes of Jars of Clay, DC Talk, Skillet, and Ricardo Sanchez. That leads us to his latest venture, the book Truth, The Lies We've Been Told, and the song Truth. With this book, readers will understand the importance of finding truth in a world filled with so many false truths and misdirection. Welcome, Jared Miller, to the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Excited to be with you today. So Jared and I just met basically last week at a networking event. So I don't know a lot about Jared's background, but he was one of the people that I just, I liked his vibe and what he had to say in that networking event. And I thought he would be a fantastic guest for the show. So here we are. So now you are, you say you're a singer songwriter, Jared. So do you do speaking from a non-singing standpoint at all? And if so, what, what's your target market? Absolutely. So I, so I, I consider myself a communicator. I communicate in three primary ways, uh, through music, singer-songwriter, as a speaker, one-on-one, small group, or an audience, and then as an author, I communicate through writing. I love to connect with people. I love to add value to them. And so um, my background, for those who, who don't know me, um, the running joke in my family, Brett, is that my mom gave birth to me on the altar at our church. <laughs> I've been raised in church my entire life. And so, you know, for those who are familiar with faith-based communities, we hear speakers multiple times a week. We hear music multiple times a week. So singing and speaking are such an integral part of who I am. Um, and I believe, I'm a firm believer that more is caught than taught. Um mm-hmm. When you're in that environment, it just it just gets in you. It's in your blood. It's what you know. So it's not you're not trying to be someone you're not. It's just you were raised in that environment and that atmosphere to inspire and encourage people. And so uh, I love to sing. I love to speak. I love to help people as much as I can. So how old were you, Jared, when you first got up and did what you'd call a formal speech to an audience? Oh, I would say probably about 14. 14. Oh, my gosh. You started 
way way earlier than the average folk out there so now let, let me let me give you some context when i say 14 uh, i was talking to um people my age in our youth group mm-hmm. yeah and so um that's interesting depending on the day that's going to be a really good audience or not so good audience <laughs> but talking like- to teenagers. go ahead jared i'm sorry no you're good so I like to say there are three types of speakers in my mind. You have keynote presenters who are paid a fee, a fee to go and speak to an organization or a group. You have what I call platform sellers. So they will speak and then offer some type of continued education, coaching, whatever at the end. And then you have business builder speakers. So do you feel that you fall into any of those niches? And if so, which one best fits what you're doing these days? Yeah, so it's not not that I wouldn't bring a presentation for continuing education or, or to sell a product, but my my primary goal is to listen, learn, and lead. Connect with the audience. I want to add as much value to the audience. I want to connect with them. That's my primary objective. Before anything else, let me let me put it to you this way: I want to connect versus try to convert. Someone would say, well, if you don't convert, you're not going to be in business very long. Yeah, I get that. But too many people try to convert before they connect. So do you consider yourself primarily then an inspirational slash motivational speaker? Is that your genre, so to speak? Yes, sir. Okay. So what is your best advice, Jared, for how to best connect with that audience? Is that your primary focus? I think a couple of things you you need to know who who your audience is to begin with. You know, who, who am I speaking to? If you afford me the levity to go back to my singing songwriting example, um, you know, when, when you're singing songs at churches, I, I'm at a myriad, myriad of different churches. I mean, there's churches where it's primarily Caucasian. I'm at churches where it's primarily African-American. I'm at churches where it's multicultural, multi-generational. So a prime example, whether it's speaking or singing, is am I singing songs that the audience knows? If the whole job is to connect and have them participate with you, do they even know the songs? Do I know the audience? Who am I trying to speak to? Who am I trying to connect with? Am I listening enough to meet their needs, to answer their questions, even the questions they're not even asking? Am I being intentional enough to say, who is my audience? What do they need? How can I serve them? And so if it's speaking or it's singing, I think you have to know who's my demographic. Who am I speaking to? So how do you determine that in advance of a speaking engagement? I think it's very important to whoever your contact person is, whoever the host is, whoever's bringing you in to have a pre-speaking meeting. And I would ask as many questions as possible. I would ask, you know, I mean, just assumption, right, is the mother of all mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what they say. Yep. If you assume so. So how do you, Jared, measure whether, in your mind, a speech has been successful or not? Immediate feedback, post-feedback? I mean, what makes for a, a successful engagement in your mind? Okay, that's a great question, like a really great question. Now, um, I just turned 43, so I'm still young, but I'm getting older, right? And I'm a creative. Uh, um, my personality is I'm a responder. My my subconscious question I'm always asking, asking is, am I connecting with the audience? So, so to answer that question, ask me one more time, that question one more time. 
Oh gosh, now I got to remember you put me on the spot. So how do you measure the success of a speaking engagement, whether it's immediate feedback or post-event feedback or whatever? How do yes. you know that you hit a home run? Yes. So I used to judge that based on what I saw. I would judge that based on their response, but there was a quote that I heard and it literally was an epiphany, an aha moment, if you will. It changed the way I think. It changed my life. Don't judge your success by the harvest that you reap, but rather judge your success by the seeds that you sow. What do I mean? I'm not judging my quote unquote home run grand slam with a speech by their response to me. I'm judging it based on I feel like in a room, you can feel if it's palatable, palatable or not. You can feel if you're connecting. Are they listening? You can feel that. And so I have to trust that the seeds that I'm sowing is making an impact and making a difference in their life, mm -hmm. even if I can see in that direct moment or not. Now, aside from doing your homework in advance regarding the demographics of your audience, Jared, what other two or three biggest tips would you pass along to an aspiring speaker to have greater success as a speaker? Uh, give the audience something to know. So what, do you mean, what do you mean by that exactly? So, okay, I'm a firm believer that nothing's new under the sun, but you can present timeless concepts in a new way through a personal story, through an experience, because no one has your story, but your story. So, maybe someone's hearing something for the first time in a long time maybe some okay i used to believe as a young speaker and this was a, this was a, a downfall for me i used to convince myself that there's nothing that i can say that someone hasn't already heard or what do i have to offer someone that they don't already know and it occurred to me that we learn in two ways 10% inspiration or i would say revelation an aha moment, and 90% reminders. Mm -hmm. Just because something is easy to understand doesn't mean that it's easy to apply. And, I'm sorry, you talk about story. So what makes for a good story? Well, I mean, it's one thing to talk about a story that you read in a book or something that you heard someone say, but it's completely different when it's your story. You want someone in the audience to say, me too. I connect with what he's saying. I relate to that. You want the audience to feel like it's a conversation, not a lecture. You mm -hmm. want it to be an exchange of, oh my God, this guy is confident, but he's relatable and he's humble enough to where he's vulnerable enough to where he'll share things about himself that are genuine and that I can relate to. I think that's so important as a speaker in an audience. All right. So aside from demographics and the thing that you just covered what other tip or tips for success might you have for the up-and-coming speaker yeah so i mentioned give the audience something to know also give them something to feel elaborate yeah i, I I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that um if you're giving a story or a speech and and you're not okay it's called the law of conviction the stronger that you believe it the stronger the audience will feel it and people are people are intelligent. They're not dumb. They can feel if you're just giving a speech or if if you're living what you're speaking, if it's fresh, if it's if it's stirring within you, if it's something that's, that you've lived out, 
and you're not just selling an emotion, but you're actually sharing part of your life with someone, they can feel if that's genuine or not. And when they feel that it's genuine and they can relate to it, it creates an emotion. So people will forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So I assume that your primary market, Jared, is the church market. Yes, it's not, it's not limited to that in any, any imagination. And the reason why I say that is because no matter if it's a business community, faith-based community, any community, speaking is all about connecting. But in your particular niche, let's say the church market here, okay. how do you primarily go about getting speaking engagements? How do people find you? What works best for you to get more on more platforms? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you have a gift in a certain area and you're passionate and you're developing that gift, I believe that if you will use that gift, doors will open up for you. So I never went out saying, hey, can I speak here? Hey, can I speak there? Hey, I, I want to preach here. Hey, I want to speak here. No, what I did is, and it sounds funny, I told you earlier I'm a singer-songwriter. For many years of my life, I would direct a music program at my church, and I would literally preach to the choir <laughs> every week mm -hmm. for five to ten minutes, even if they wanted me to or they didn't want me to. Fortunately, that was my guinea pig. I got to cut my teeth on them, but they wanted to hear more. And so versus me going after it, they told me, you're a speaker. You need to speak more. And if you will be diligent and develop your giftedness, stay passionate, stay genuine, stay true to what you believe God's called you to do, people will be your promotion for you. People will let you know if they want you to continue doing what you're doing or not. Mm -hmm. So that has opened up doors for me to speak more and more. All right. Well, great advice. I do have a couple other questions I want to ask you, Jared. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show. And my guest is Jared Miller. And we're talking about his speaking journey and all that. So this is one of my favorite questions, Jared. And this is this is the, uh, okay, bury your soul a little bit here. Maybe share a story about a speaking mistake that you made that was perhaps embarrassing at the time, but it was a good lesson learned and something you would highly advise an aspiring speaker not to do. Well, I, I have the perfect story for that. I had that perfect, embarrassing, bonehead moment. Um, okay, so I was officiating a wedding. It was my first wedding to ever officiate. And so, you know, you have your introduction and who gives this woman to be married and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm, I'm getting to the bride and the groom. And you know the part where it says... Um, I take you to mm -hmm. be my husband. I take you to be my wife. Right. Well, I said it backwards. 
So when I was talking to the husband, I said, do you take so-and-so to be your husband? <laughs> and it was my first wedding and I turned bloodshot red and, and the bridesmaids, they just lost it. I mean, they're giggling. They cannot stop. <laughs> I realized what is happening in real time. Thank God. Luckily I fixed it when I got to the bride. What is the point of the story? A couple of things. When, when you're when you're starting out, any speaker, you're going to be nervous. I mean, I've, I've heard it said that, you know, if you're passionate about what you do, no matter how long you do it, you're going to have butterflies. I, I get that. Um, one thing that really helped me, and it's so practical and it's so simple, is really be intentional about slowing your breathing down. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you need to take 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I don't care, 20 minutes, five minutes. There's a free app on your iPhone you can use. I mean, there's so many resources out there. Slow your breathing down. Number two, quiet your mind. Quiet your mind. Just calm. Find find a good rhythm. Uh, and the most important thing for a new speaker, and this goes without saying, is just preparation. Yeah. Preparation, mm -hmm. preparation, preparation. Preparation equals confidence. Um, I do my best to memorize my speeches. Um, it doesn't always turn out that way, but I do my best to memorize, not so that it can be cookie cutter, not so that it can be word for word, but so that I can really get it in me. I don't like to use notes when I speak. Mm -hmm. I, I want to focus on the audience. It's not that I won't go back for reference to stay on a train of thought, but I want to have it so in me that when I get up to speak before an audience, I can serve them well and I can just pour out like a drink offering. I can just give them. And I believe that in those moments when, when you're not, when you're relaxed and you're not worried about, well, what's the next point? What am I going to say? If you, if it's so second nature, I believe more inspiration and more wisdom will be added to what you, the content that you already have. I, uh, one thing I think that most speakers fear is what we call dead space or whatever. And dead space is not necessarily a bad thing in a speech. You know, you have a brief brain fart or whatever. And, and, you know, three seconds seems like three minutes to you as a speaker, but the audience probably doesn't even notice it at all. And they assume it was a pause that you wanted to take. So you, you just can't let that dead space throw you off. And so many speakers, it's like, oh man, I'm, you know, I'm turning red up here because I haven't thought of what I wanted to say for three whole seconds. You know, that actually happened to me one time and 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 I asked the audience, where was I? What did I say? And they said, oh, you're talking about this. Oh, great. And I picked up where I was. And I, yeah. I, just, I, just stopped. I just kept going. Well, I think, thing is, you know, another lesson is you've got to screw up sometime. You just got to keep keep on going and take it in stride and not let it fluster you and, and throw you entirely off your game. So I'd like to give you, Jay Erd, a couple of minutes now, if you would, people tell people more about your music and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. So I said at the beginning, you know, as a communicator, singer, songwriter, author, and speaker. And so I've been singing for as long as I can remember. Uh, Jared Miller, all of my music is on Spotify and Apple Music. You can find me on YouTube. And uh, I've written so many songs and I've produced and co-produced probably about 10 to 12 records. Uh, and so I love, I love to sing. I love to write. I love to inspire people through music. But I also have a book and it's called Truth, The Lies We've Been Told. It's my brand new book. I had two books out, but I'm very excited about this book. 
And this is this is the premise of the book. The people that we trust the most influence us the most. Mm -hmm. And that influence shapes our reality of truth. So, so the book is less about you should believe this and you should believe that, but it's more of a guidebook, a guideline to show you how to find truth for yourself. And we're getting a lot of great reviews. It's helping a lot of people. It's all about uh, identifying, attracting the right, truthful, influential relationships that'll take you to the next level in your life. And so um, I love to write books. I love to sing. I love to connect with people. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's uh, it's an honor and a blessing. Well, congratulations on the new book and my sincere thanks to you, Jared, for being my guest on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. As always, thank you listeners for joining us or watching today. If you haven't been to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com, hop on over there and register with your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.